Hello and welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast in association with Betfred. Betfred was established in Salford in 1967 by fellow Red Fred Dunn and he currently sponsors the United We Stand podcast. Today we're going to have a catch-up pre- and post-match with Stu Edwards and John Ashton after another frustrating week supporting Manchester United this season. The cup exit last Friday and also the drop points away at Burnley on Tuesday have been really tough to take. And it really does mean that we've just not got much margin for error anymore if we want to be playing in the European Cup next season. Some people think that that might be a blessing because it might make us invest in the squad. Other other people think that we may not be able to attract the players if we're not in the European Cup. So it is that argument that we seem to have been having for the last six years whilst United have been plummeting. I'll chat about the week ahead with John and Stuart. I'm expecting a fair bit of misery because the weather is absolutely dreadful again outside Old Trafford. It's tipping it down. And it seems to have been the case all season and reflective of our performances. Going to head towards the ground now and find some people to chat to. So let's hope for United three points. Thanks. Yeah. Um, with me, I've got a couple of Southampton fans. What are your names, please? Neil Taylor. Neil Taylor. And Moira. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Um, so today, um, you've currently got a pretty good manager at the moment, I think. Um, mm. a, a team not exactly da- dotted with star names, but playing really well. Yeah, they've just really gelled over the last few matches and they're playing as a team as opposed to individuals. Yeah. And we've actually got some depth in the team as well now, so we've got people on the bench that can come on and take over as well. I mean, when I look at Southampton at the moment, I I just don't see many names I recognise, which is really odd. Where have they come from? You know, you've got Brozier, he's on loan from Chelsea, but what what about the other players in the team? Ward-Prowse, you know, those sorts of players, but there's a couple. A lot of them have come through the academy and been with us for years, and then the rest are mainly championships, so Mm. Che Adams came from the championship, um, Adam Armstrong, and then um, a few from Celtic in Scotland. Um, uh, But it's mainly youth we yeah. do a lot in the youth policy and bring them up through the youth, youth Who's team. Who's the most exciting in that respect? Roger. Well, he's not Roger. ours though, is no, he? No, yeah. um, who's coming through that's really good? The um, small, the, the fr- new French one, Jerry yeah. Small, he's really yeah. good. What position is he? He's a defender. Defender, yeah. right, okay. No, um, your day today then, what time did you set, set off? We actually stayed up overnight last night. Oh, we right. came up and stayed at the Premier Inn at the Trafford Centre. Ah, right. Um, because it had been an early kick-off, it was just going to be too early a start to get here. Yeah. Well, where do you think about where you're going at the moment? Because um, a couple of lads I've been speaking to, um, they were saying like it's frustrating in the last 10 years that you've had to let some players go. Is that is that going to be the, the theme going forward? Or Hopefully not. We've got, our, no, we've, we've got our new owner now, and he hopefully he can give some stability back to the team so that we don't just become the breeding ground for the bigger clubs and we can actually hold on to players when we've developed them ourselves. Yeah, you're in 10th at the moment. Um, Is that um, the expectation this season or do you think you can go even further? I think your top top half is is about where we are. Maybe mid-table. Yeah, I think it's more sort of cup game. I think we we could go on and do a cup. Yeah. I think that's where our sort of biggest opportunity is. I think I, I was looking at the um, stats from the Spurs game the other day and I was really shocked, you know, like I saw 60% possession for Southampton, 20 shots team, on goal. Yeah, yeah it must be really encouraging to see that. It was just so exciting to see, you know, just uh, you know, t- actually going to an away match against one of the bigger clubs and actually having a goal and not just sitting back and trying to play for a draw. Yeah, so then... Um, you don't, don't feel the need to pull any punches here. What, what are your thoughts on United as a club? They play too much as individuals. They don't yeah. play as a team. 
and I think that's what you know that's what Fergie brought to the club was it was the team and nobody was big enough no bigger than that team yeah and I think over the last few years it's become too much about the superstars you know I just commented about over half the people here have got Ronaldo on something yeah and it's all become about the big star as opposed to gelling and actually playing yeah. as a team yeah no that's really interesting to it um have you got any favorite memories from Old Trafford we've only been here this is only our yeah, second, second time, time that we've been here we came yeah. here about three years ago yeah about three years is that the 3-2 did you lose 3-2 when I think was Pereira's got it no no, it was, it was the Christmas. It was around Christmas time. Mm. I think we, I think it was nil nil actually. Ah, uh, yeah, I do yeah. remember that one now. You yeah, mentioned about it. three years ago. It says a lot yeah. that we can't yeah. remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so going forward, then obviously linked with the United job at the moment, Pochettino, who is um, quite well known at your place. What are your thoughts on him? Is he a good fit for Old Trafford? And just any other information that you might have on him? I think he'd be good. I think yeah. he's a breaking manager, isn't he? Because when he first yeah. came over, Southampton was his first sort of UK job, mm. and his English wasn't great. Yeah. But since then, you know, he's obviously had other experience, and he really gets again people playing as a team. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like, we've currently got Ralph Rangnick that we don't expect to stay past the end of the season, but. Um, I, you know, in my opinion, he he is the number one choice for the job, and that is because of that, you know, managing egos and bringing the club together. And I, I think, you know, at your place, he did that. You know, it, do you think he's the best manager you've had? Um, how would how would you compare him with Hassan Tuchel? So? It's hard to um, tell because he was you know, at the start of you know, coming up from you know yeah. in, back into the Premiership. Mm. You know, Hassan Hutel has got the passion behind. He really cares. You know, there's very few, and, and the fans care for him. You know, there's very few managers that could withstand two nine nil defeats and yeah. still have their job. Yeah. So he brings some just that extra special to the club. Um, but I think Pochettino, you know, because he can. He can get the best out of stars and get them to play. Yeah. Do you think he'd be a good fit then? All, all in all. I do. I think. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, th- I yeah, think I Spurs made a big mistake yeah. letting yeah. him go when they, when they did. He is yeah. a good manager. Um, you know, he was doing. Yeah. You know, he was doing yeah. great. And, you know, and I think that's where it went wrong with United was when Mourinho came in because yeah. he's the one that you know, it's about him, yeah. and then that's when the players thought, well, it's about me, yeah. and that's when it stopped being a club. Hi, with me I've got Steve um, from North Wales, did you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tell us about your support for Southampton, how many years have you been going? Uh, yeah, since I was near Hydro Grass, I was from Dorset originally, so Southampton was the draw. And uh, get to an awful lot of away games and try to get to the pre-season friendlies in Holland and France and stuff when we do those. So yeah. How many years has that been then? Uh, 45. 45 years, boy. Yeah. You must have seen a fair bit then. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. We don't get to St Mary's very often anymore, but yeah, yeah. because living in the northwest, uh, there's plenty of games that are local and plenty of games that are close. Yeah, a, okay. So um, you must have had some Old Trafford memories then. Tell us about your favourite. Um, genuinely, the two Man United games that stick out is the, the 2016 League Cup final where we lost 3-2 and the last league game I got to here and we lost 3-2. Despite losing, we played so well and the crowd support at Wembley was phenomenal and yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's odd to think that a losing game is your memories but um, I've not been lucky enough to see us win at Old Trafford. Really? No. You've, had a, you've had a fair few haven't you? I remember one um, decent Tadic scoring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's um, obviously the League Cup final as well, I was at that one. Mm. Um, in, you know, an interesting day but you know, what, what, what do you think about where Southampton are at the moment? Because I mean, I, just, just from an outsider looking in, you know, I was looking at um, the team you know, I don't think they're a team full of stars um, when you look at it, but the manager's got them playing well, haven't they? 
uh, no, the, the distance we've come just in 12 months, it was last February we were here and the result that we don't like to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, we're 10th uh, in the league, we're on page one of CFAX for those of us old yeah. enough to remember it, which is, yeah, you can't grumble when Southampton are the best 10th best team in the country. They're playing for the manager and obviously we've got Captain Fantastic, he runs every mile, makes every tackle, makes every pass and his yeah. stats are phenomenal aren't they? For a midfielder, yeah. his stats are phenomenal. And you know, I, I do hear a bit of ignorance where he's concerned because you know, I hear of him called like, set, you know, talk, spoken about a set piece expert, mm. but he's more than that isn't he? Oh yeah, and yeah, you've only got to talk about Mr Beckham in this place as well. Yeah, a Man United yeah. fan will tell you, Mr Beckham wasn't a one trick pony. Uh, and he would put a shift in as well. And yeah, you have to say the same for uh, for Ward Prowse. He's more than likely to do his work. We're helped by having a good enforcer in the middle of Romeo as well. He will win the ball for him. And the passes that Romeo makes are never more than eight, ten yards. But yeah. it's always to the right man. Yeah. And when that right man's Ward Prowse, then something can happen from there, can't yeah. it? There's a good result midweek as well because I was looking at the um, breakdown a of that game. Cracking result. Yeah, I was looking at the breakdown of that game. But you had something like what, what was it like 60 odd percent possession and yeah, 20 shots 23 shots yeah, 10 yeah, on yeah. target and yeah. I mean it's not that long since we came here and it was a drab nil nil and United didn't have a shot no. in the whole game yeah and I think 23 shots for the whole game is in the top 10 of Premier League history so yeah, yeah. yeah we absolutely truth of that Mr. we absolutely battered and while conceding two goals <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but um, you've got the lad on loan from Chelsea as well tell us a bit about him because he's of interest to me. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, He's a bruiser, he'll play through and he'll stay on his feet. Uh, he's not the nice naturally gifted goal scorer, he's not banging them in, uh, he's not hitting the target every time, but that'll come for him. But yeah, um, I don't think we're going to be able to afford to buy him, is going to be the problem because he's playing himself out of our market. But in the season ahead, if it attracts other good loanees to come to us because they can say, see what Armando did when he was there last year, oh, perhaps we'll give Southampton a go. So even if we don't get him, does he attract other good loanees into us? Yeah, yeah. We had a uh, deal with Chelsea as well for Livramento, the, the, the fullback. We, we actually bought him and he's been brilliant as well. Yeah, there's quite a few that come from that Chelsea Eve team, isn't there? That, yeah. You know, um, I'm looking at a lad Lamptey at Brighton as well. He yes. seems to be very good. Yeah. And Conor Gallagher at Crystal Palace. Yeah. And you know, with yeah. and with Lingard as well last season. Just get yeah. out there and play, lads. Yeah, yeah. Don't sit on the bench and take the money. That's not very interesting. No, no. You're only in the shop window when you're playing yeah, and playing yeah. well. And yeah, like you say, the kid at Brighton is is playing well as well. Yeah. Is it frustrating to be a Southampton fan? Because I'm looking at the team that you could have had in the last oh, like no. 15 years. No, I'm no. very much. The footballers are footballers, aren't they? Yeah, They're just yeah. guys doing a job. Is it not just like what could have been though? You know. Every club sells their players, don't they? Yeah. Every club sells their players. Mane will, may well be somewhere in Spain next year. Mane played for us up until the end of his contract. Uh, he always put a shift in. He never played with a smile on his face because he never does. And he's gone on and done well at Liverpool and he'll be at Real or Barcelona next year. That's yep. what footballers do for a living, isn't it? So, yeah, there's no point in getting overly excited. Daft talk about James Ward-Prowse going to Villa and that would have been disappointing because they're of the same level. Yeah, 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 they're of the same level. But if they play to the end of their contract, you've got no complaints. Virgil van Dijk holding up a shirt in front of his Christmas tree because he'd been poached by Liverpool. Yeah, that's harder to take when they are poached and yeah, Liverpool yeah. have had to apologise for it. But uh, yeah, players come and go, don't they? Yeah. And lastly, yeah, just um, an interesting one for me. Tell us about your rivalry with Portsmouth. 
Oh, um, go on, yeah. Quite a distance, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's 30 odd miles or so, but yeah, there's obviously historical uh, industrial reasons because of the two dockyards as well, so it wasn't just football. But what's football? It's, it's a pantomime, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a pantomime. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, United and City don't particularly like each other, but these guys are working next to each other every single day of the week, yeah, yeah, aren't yeah, they? They're, yeah. they're drinking in the same pubs, they're living on top of one another. So, yeah, it's it's rivalry, but it's, it's panto and banter, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anybody who takes it any further than that is just a fool. Yeah. It's post-match at Old Trafford after a one-all draw between Manchester United and Southampton. Another really disappointing result after to follow on from going out of the FA Cup to Middlesbrough and the midweek draw against Burnley. Similar in terms of pattern of play, um, ahead at half-time again, but couldn't hold on to a lead. With me I've got Stu and John, who were miserable before the game, um, so we'll speak to them again now. Yeah. Stuart, um, what did you think of the game? I, we're, we're in a bit of bother, aren't we? Oh God. Um, first, oh God, where do I start? Um, it was certainly not as windy in the ground as it was outside. <laughs> That's a good starting point. Horrible day again today. Um, yeah, cold, freezing, wet. Um, for, yeah, first that was, I suppose it was a little bit like the Burnley game. Although Southampton offered a lot more than Burnley did in the first half. Um, you know, scored a decent goal. Uh, Jaden certainly was the bright star on the pitch today for us, uh, especially the first half. Um, playing on the left which meant Rashford was on the right I think that's been done on purpose maybe uh, a lot of the time so he can't come in and shoot um, and then probably did okay yeah it was one of them where yeah Southampton were, were you know were creating a few chances and they'd probably feel maybe a bit unlucky to be one no down at half time um, obviously you know we, we went one in at one nil at half time and then second half again deja vu Second, yeah. sec, second minute and I think because um, we've been drawing one all you know it's very tempted to just write off it all as shit um, but we do have to try and be constructive you know because there is parts of play where you know I thought for example we started well which is, has, has been a rarity at home this year in the first half yeah definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, I, I was pretty happy with Pogba's performance yeah, Jaden Sancho in the first half um, but yeah we, we, we're just not Kicking, you know, home that advantage, are we at all? No, again, we we, we make we are making chances, but we're ma we're making hard work of them, I think, and uh, and and obviously not converting enough chances to get ahead or, or to win games. Uh, stating the obvious there, but um, second half was completely different again, though. I, I don't think we had a shot on target until I believe Maguire had a chance in the last five minutes. I was outside yeah. the ground, obviously, but um, I don't recall uh, Forster having a save to make in the second half. John, um, you you were um, again the same as Stuart, really pretty gloomy at the start of the get, start of the day. Well, yeah, that most yeah. of it was because I was half pissed this morning. So <laughs> two hours kicking, they've not really done much for me hangover. But I was going to honestly, I was going to just suggest to you, said Ant, don't bother recording a podcast. Just just play the one from last week and just change like Burnley or Middlesbrough to like the sat nav man's voice and go Southampton. It's just basically the same game. It's the same pattern of play. The same players impressed that impressed the other night. The ones that do fail flat to deceive again were exactly the same. It's I, I, you can't put your finger on it, can you? You know how, how can you play well in, in patterns like they keep doing? It's yep. obviously purely a mentality thing. But I think what people have to accept, and, and this is what's more glaringly worrying about it all. I mean. We didn't even get any shit off United fans on the way out. Normally, you know, they're pissed yeah. off. It's just like, there's like a malaise around the ground. You know, you, you thought you were walking to a funeral going to the match this morning. And 
We um, not we observed that, didn't we? We yeah, thought like it, it felt like um, people were like zombies work. walking yeah, to the ground. Like, it looked it? like people. It was like it was like going to work on a Monday morning or something, and no one saw. And it just felt like a, a procession. It's a, it's a chore, isn't it? Yeah, it's a chore that, coming that's to the how game. It feels a little bit at the yeah. minute. And I think what people have to realise is. You know, and everyone's going, oh, Southampton, it's going to be an hard game. Like, the 12th in the league or something, you know, it's Southampton. And, and yes, they, have, they, they, are, they are playing reasonably well and, they've, you know, they've, they've got some good play. But it's Southampton, they wouldn't have gone to Anfield today and people said, oh, it's going to be an hard game today. But at the same time, you know, as, as we noted before the game, you know, it was really gloomy and, you know, everyone were walking to the ground and it was more like, oh, well, hopefully they'll entertain us today rather than mm. being up for what was yeah. re a really important but, game. But the weather it? obviously contributes to that. It's an horrible day, freezing February, wet and windy, but but even if it had been 20 degrees, I think it would have still been that similar atmosphere outside the ground about what was going to happen during those 90 minutes. And that's that's where we are at the moment. I think what you've got under Rangnick at the minute is that you've almost got a sort of... There's almost a, a consistency to United where it's the same sort of five out of ten performances and patches this and the other. I kind of miss that... that glaring unpredictability of the Solskjaer era where you could be brilliant one week and then pathetic the week after and get stuffed you know it, yeah. the underrunning it just feels a bit like it's methodical it's it regimented it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. There's, there's no air of you know there's no unpredictability about it at all it's just very very sort of regimented and, and, and predictable and yeah, it's just, I I'm the, finding I it think, really depressing. I think the only thing predictable about that second half was that who was going to come on, or when Rashford was, was going to come off. It, we always knew that Alanga was going to come on, and again, it was there was a few ironic cheers uh, or jeers, if you like, towards the uh, Rashford substitution because again, it was it was it was blatantly obvious that he needed to come off, and it wasn't really happening. For and I, yeah, I want to come on to that actually. Um, a couple of players, yeah. I mean, the same pattern as the other yeah, night, though, wasn't it? Again, yeah. again, he started brightly, things didn't go as well, and he, he just faded completely out of the game. Um, I think I think what people have to realise right now is, you know, museums don't win you football matches, and and from fourth from United down to mid table, there's not much between Arsenal, United, Tottenham, Southampton, Brighton. You know, as depressing as that sounds, we have to accept we're not a better football team, than, or, or we're not much better than most of them teams, and um, we shouldn't be too too surprised when teams come to Old Trafford. <coughs> yeah, and, and the other the other like the other side to that is, and I hear it a lot. You know, like um, snobby nature um, to United. You know, like I, we used to have Dan James, didn't we? And you know, today he would have been a good sub, wouldn't he? Because he was quick, he'd have had an impact. And United have to accept exactly where they're at at the moment because you're not going to get out of this by buying, you know, eleven superstars, are you? Because that's half I'd, the problem. I'd swap yeah. Ronaldo for Dan James back. I'd do it in a <laughs> well, we won't get onto that. Cause, I'd do it in a know, fucking heartbeat, mate. We need to be constructive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I think you said enough about Ronaldo. No? So, <laughs> yeah. I feel like do not go hard in Ronaldo. Do not go hard on Ronaldo. No, I, I, there, saying that though, there is a couple of you know like um, players. I think we do need to discuss because it is becoming a bit of an issue, you know. And we, like I said, we we do have to be constructive because you know I log on to things. It's like you'll hear things about Harry Maguire being absolutely shit, and he always has been, and he's not always been shit at all, you know. But it, you can't excuse what's going on this season. He's looking in quite poor shape at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, there was what happened. He, he lost he lost the ball uh, first half deep deep in in their half and. And I'm obviously watching from the Stretford end, and it, and it was just actually comical watching him run back. It was like it, it was like there was a force nine gale wind against him. My, yeah, my theory on him is he's that he's always been a player sluggish. That, 
Yeah, he's, he's never been <laughs> quick, quick as he we know that. quick on yeah. the turn. But... but I think when you're playing bad, yeah. it looks even worse. And I... it, it does look like he's running in treacle, and, and that was the case today. I don't, I don't know whether Maguire's got any sort of injury or fitness concerns, but he just looks for me at a player who's lost 10% of what he had, and he, he doesn't have it in him to be able to lose 10% like some no, people for can. For him, that's a big 10%. Yeah, it's a big 10%, it, yeah. and I think, yeah. that's, I think that's what's where, where his trouble is. I mean, you, you've touched on this for years, and obviously we've had these chats for a long, long time, but this mass hysteria with United, with the media and everything, coverage comes around it. We, we over-exaggerate when we're good, and we over-exaggerate players when they're bad. And the truth is, they're somewhere in the middle. We've got a lot of good players. We've not got many great ones, and this is why we're always battling from fourth, fifth, second, you know. And that, that's yeah. where we are. We've not got terrible footballers. That's why we're not 19th in the league. But we've not got great ones either, and, and that's so many, why we're not top of the uh, league. Yeah, yeah. And, and top of that, obviously, but two. Yeah, there's very, very little like balance with, with United fans, or, or very little grey area. It's always everything's black or white, you know. And, and I think that's the problem. We've just got a players who aren't very good. Like you with Ronaldo, you mean? Yeah, yeah, basically. Very, very constructive yeah, balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Ronaldo and Cavani it's thing. It's Four. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The combined age is, is mid seventies, isn't it? Uh, and it's like no, no other top team in the world have got a you know two centre forwards of that age. So that that puts you in trouble straight away. Yeah, and I think you know just just to summarise on that with Maguire, I, I think I agree with you, John. You know, I think you know he's never been in the best. He's never been the best build for a footballer, has he, in terms of pace? So you know, if if he puts on a little bit of weight or you know, like he starts, his agility reduces a little bit. It's going to really stand out, into, it and that to me is the problem because especially it's, in this league, he, yeah. he, he needs just fucking off to like the MLS, the Seattle shy talk. I'm, like, I'm noticing it though, in like not not just where he got spun today by Brozier, and he was, I think he was facing the wrong direction completely at one point. But what, where I'm noticing it as well is that if you look at him when he's on the half with the ball on the halfway line, something he's always been quite comfortable with. Even those movements, yeah. he looks more like Chris Smalling yeah, than he used to. Do, it's than, a confidence you know, thing, isn't it? He's yeah, very, yeah. He's very much hot potato with the football. I mean, yeah, I think at least Leicester have got a really good training ground. But again, that speaks volumes about your character, doesn't it? You know, you just you just rise above it, you know, and just. You, you, I you think, shouldn't you know, be at United if your confidence getting affected like that. I'd love to see him just like be. I, I, I said it after the Burnley game um, at home when I, I didn't think he were good that day either. I'd like to see him just out of the team for two weeks to try and work on his agility. Well, we, we, we did. We, he problem? was out of the team for two weeks, and then Victor Lindelof got got himself a broken window, and now he's been out since. So, <laughs> that, I mean, that just speaks volumes about the team, isn't it? You know, you've got you've got. I'm, I'm a, I'm, feel free to redact this if it comes out in time that like all oh, his family's been like kidnapped and everything else. But but you know, he, he broke into the team, and no one's seen him since because he got, got everyone heard he's had a break in the house, and you're thinking to yourself, I'll be like, I'm sorry, love. He broke into one. I'll be like, love. I'm sorry. I, I know you got. I know you got gagged and put in. The, in the broom closet but you know I'm in the team so you'll have to leave it for this week but he's not he's fucked off for Sweden back for weeks and weeks and it just sums up the team for me and that, that mental aptitude with him where he's, he's not thought about you know I've got my place his in job. the team yeah his job he's yeah. just I mean, listen obviously your family comes first but I don't know I don't know the ins and outs of the break but, match, though, but Christ yeah, yeah just yeah. just do something get some snipers yeah. in your back garden yeah so I mean another one is obviously Rashford now I've I've noted Rashford today obviously he set up the goal um, started off probably quite quick first half an hour but um, I mean I'm noticing a few times when he gets the ball and he stops like yeah, right, yeah. when two years ago he would have ran towards the defender he's done that for a you while know? took an extra touch too many yeah. he's not the, the only one to be fair him. today and that's the problem it's slowed down Luke Shaw's guilty of doing that today but a very similar thing I want as well Rashford, yeah I want Rashford to start speeding up again and like when he, when he gets a, a man 1v1 to start running at him if he gets tackled fine yeah. but don't do this thing where you stop 
to a, to a still position and then yeah. try and beat the man because he's never going to work with him, is it? Yeah, he's, no, you know, lose, that, you lose all that momentum. That's, don't for, you? that's yeah. the confidence yeah. thing, definitely. Because, like yeah. you said, he, 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 he did that naturally uh, a year, eighteen months ago, um, and it just it completely stops any momentum of, of, of an attack, doesn't it? And like you said, he did it three or four times today, and then the crowd got on his back, and he comes back and it ends up back with you know Luke Shaw over, and, and then the full you know momentum of that move. Has broken down, so he does need to. That can only come from coaching. I, I don't know. He's, he's done it before, so it's not as, as if he can't do it, like you said. Well, you talk about coaching there, but that, what, what you'd just be waiting for this week now is the next article in one of the rags there that's going to tell you about ex players are unimpressed with this coach and they're unimpressed with this coach, blah blah blah. And I think yourself, every time I read it, I'm going, You play for the worst Manchester United team in 30 years. Who are you to sit there and tell you, yeah. and tell you me who's a good coach and who isn't a bad coach? Yeah. I've, I've got an, I'll give you an example, I've got an uncle. Uh, an estranged uncle. He's got six kids to three different women. He talks to two of them, I think, and, and that's only because they're, they're not old enough to realise he's a knobhead yet. He's, he's got eight <laughs> brothers and sisters he doesn't speak to, 30 nieces and nephews he doesn't speak to, and it's all the fault of the family. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's how I feel like United's players are just constantly like, oh, no, it's, it's not me, it must be the coach, it must be the coach. Another coach, no, it must be them, it yeah. must be them, it must be them. And that's what I feel like it's with them all the time. They can't all be the coach's fault no. when, you, when you're unsuccessful yeah. and you've never had a good one. I agree with that, and um, I was really... Really disappointed to hear that about the players, um, sort of mentioning Ted Lasso, and for those you know that don't know, it's a, it's a program, isn't it, where a, an American who knows absolutely nothing about football takes over an English football club. So, I was really disappointed at that because you know, who are those people to say that about well, exactly. him? You know, if that was say Paul Scholes, you know, and people like that, you'd be thinking, well, yeah, he's. He can say that because he's performing. Yeah, yeah. No respect is, and that's that's where again that comes down to the, the dressing room. And well, the, that's my point. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there. Yeah. I don't, don't want to sit there and listen to Marcus Rashford with his fucking Europa League medal round his neck saying, "Oh, you're not good enough to coach me." Well, you're not you're not at liberty to say who's good enough to coach you right at this point. Yeah, you're not Wayne Rooney. Is no, it? and you know exactly. if, if you compared compared Marcus Rashford to his peers, Rashford who kicked off. Yeah, if you compared it. people like Rashford, Pogba to their peers, you know, like Diego Jota or Kevin De Bruyne, people who are on a similar. Um, stance to those players at Old Trafford, then they wouldn't compare favourably, would they? So you know, it is it is does seem really rich that you know players like that are coming out and you know giving nicknames to coaches that are trying to improve the club who haven't even been here long, so they can't be responsible for the last five years. Whereas they, you know, with their response, they should carry responsibility for what's going on at Old Trafford far more than that coach, shouldn't they? And the manager's on an hiding to nothing anyway, any now because I mean, let's face it. Every club normally you you get that new manager bounce. Well, fuck me if this is his bounce. I can't wait to see I what think, he's gonna be like in three months' yeah, time. I, I think it's gone. I think the fact he's been here three months and uh, it's clearly for whatever reason, whether it's individual players, whether it's I don't I don't think I don't think they're not playing for him. It's a bit different than it was sort of like under you know Mourinho and Van Gaal maybe. Um, I, I don't think it's that that bad yet, um, but I think it's just the case that they know he's not going to be here. You know, come next season, um, and it's just like let's just see this out, really. And you know, if if we end up fourth, fair enough. If we end up seventh, so what? And I think that's that is, that is the, the state of of the dressing room at the moment. Yeah, uh, I don't think maybe don't like they don't dislike Banyek. I don't think as a person, and whether they think you know he's got he's got a decent history and he knows his stuff is a, is a bit irrelevant because he's coming to do a job. But he's just gonna be, he's gonna be another manager who is the scapegoat for their shortcomings yeah. again. Yeah. And and it's never their fault. They don't take any responsibility. You watch them on the pitch, and you see the body language and the moaning and the lack of, you know, fight. The lack of, you know, when something you when you see the goal, you know, the G, you don't see anyone geeing up. It's all arms in the air, and yeah. and it's contagious. And and I'm not going to go again. I'm not going to blame individuals for it, but 
it's it's contagious throughout the team. There's, yeah. a, there's a lack of fight there. There's a lack of positivity. optimism, positivity. Yeah, yeah, you just look around him, and honestly, you, you look at him, and I said, I said, you watch Rashford. Eh? He's on two hundred grand a week playing for the greatest football club in the world, and he looks like a fucking vegetarian working an abattoir on minimum wage. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's what he looks like when you watch him, and you're thinking, just smile for God's sake. You're playing for United. Just yeah. enjoy your job. And, yeah. and I know you've got pressure playing for United, and I know that it don't always go your way. But at least, at least give the fans something to make you believe that you're doing what yeah. what, what I'd do if I was on a football pitch. And, 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 and listen, listening just for 20 minutes after the game today, obviously selling the mag, you, you can hear people actually talking to themselves, let alone you know people who are on their own, actually walking out and sort of like despairing and you know saying how bad it is and, well, and how to, crap you listen, we are. You listen to the TRA section at United now, yeah. and even that now it sounds like. They're just they're, even they sound so disheartened muted, as well, and, it's muted, and, and, and last year yeah. under Solskjaer it was bouncing. I'm not going to keep banging a Solskjaer drum, but and we had a chat before about you know for all Solskjaer's shortcomings, he got a lot right in terms yeah. of what he what he was building within the club and that connection between the fans and the players and the you know just building a bit of a relationship and all that just seems to have gone now. It just completely gone out the window, and, and suddenly you're looking at them players and going. I, you know, I wouldn't care less if you never played for a football club. Seems a long, seems a long time. It does, it does. It's a long, long yeah, time, mate. Yeah. But you, you forget. I mean, twelve months ago or thirty months ago, with the top of the league, there was no one sat there saying slagging the coaches off then. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's um, football can be very fickle, and it, it can change. It can change for the good or bad very, very quickly as well. You know, you can think you're miles away, or you can think you're nearly there, and it can change with one or two players or a couple of good results. But yeah, at the minute, I, I don't know. We're, we're all. It's the middle of February. And everybody's already looking at, you know, you're looking at Champions League going, well, do you really want to beat Atletico? Because then you might get embarrassed off Liverpool or City in the next round. And, yeah. you know, do you really, do you, do I, does anyone on a scene in this car really care if you finish 4th or 8th? I'm not really that bothered. I couldn't remember the Champions League game, group game we've even played this year. So it's it's not really that important to me. For me, you're either, you're either up there or you're not. And it, I put it out there a couple of weeks ago before the, the Middlesbrough Cup game because I would have definitely chosen winning the FA Cup over finishing fourth and, and the opinion's always a bit mixed on that one um, but you know the fact that we've not even got like a, a fifth round or a quarter final to look forward to in the FA Cup like you said it's not, not even middle of February yet and the season's done almost isn't it? Yeah I mean it's going to be difficult to win the European Cup but I, I mean just to pick up on that I, I sensed a bit of a positive in John's ending there where he said um, you know, it can change very quickly. Well, it's not what he intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll edit, edit, no, I, no, it can, it, can, it can honestly. No, I, I do. I, like... I think. Um, I think United could buy a centre midfielder who can, you know, pass forward a bit more quicker, and you know, all of a sudden it'll look a bit better well, because I, I to, again, I'm not two gonna, players I'm not, will end up becoming. I'm not going to go going hard on Ronaldo. Two players will end up becoming. You know, if someone's passing the ball forward a bit quicker, you'll start getting the best out of like Sancho or. You know, you'll start seeing the yep. ball in the box more for Ronaldo because we're retaining more possession in their half. And you know, to me, that that's the problem. We're just so. Um, I think the defensive midfielders are so far from our forward line yeah. that you know teams just end up passing through us. You know, with no control of the game whatsoever. And you know, maybe two signings which we should have had in the summer. You know, it was absolutely clear as day at the end of last year that United needed a right back and a centre midfielder. And that you know, not signing that and ending up you know buying positions we didn't need was just absolutely daft in my eyes but you know anyway I, we'll try and finish on um, some kind of positive you know is there is there anything to be positive about <laughs> well you're asking the person who said we're going to get beat 2-1 before the game um, 
Oh my god, I, I don't mean to sound like a complete arsehole here, but I, I'm, I'm really struggling. Yeah, yeah. Hon yeah. Honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm sick of footballers. I'm sick of what, what, what this. But not just, not, not just our club. You know, it's not just a United thing. This. And it's you know possibly because we're getting old. You know we had certain posters of men younger than you. We've had eighteen months off because of COVID. You know, missing football in empty stadiums and all the rest of it. And we've come back, and it's not it's nothing nothing to do with sour grapes. Nothing to do that we're not challenging for the title and you know what we were doing 10, 15 years ago. It's it's not about that. It's about you know coming to coming to Old Trafford, and I look around and I see you know kids under the age of ten who are coming, and I feel I feel Sorry for him because yeah, they look disinterested. Don't and they it's like, like, yeah, and and you know we don't want to sound on spoiled. IPads, don't they? Yeah, we don't want to sound spoiled, do we? Because to me, it's not about no, winning and losing. Not. It is about like your players putting a shift in, yeah. you know. And yeah. the way I see the players at the moment, they're so overpaid compared yeah. to the peers, you know. And it is I can't help but I always get a lot of grief on United We Stand for them because I compare players with wages. But to me, it's it, you know it's absolutely important because if I see somebody at City like who's ultra professional and you know like our lads you know the, some of the stuff I see Honestly, it's just not, not comparable you watch is it? these players and they make me want to give the Tories a pay rise <laughs> you honestly that's yeah. what you do when you watch them I mean there's one thing you're, you're just saying there but it, it can change very very quickly and just going back to something you just talked on was that I remember us selling arguably our greatest ever centre forward for the, and swapping him for a, a midfielder from Tottenham, and everyone was outraged, and it completely revolutionised how United played. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm and trying to cling on to the fact that maybe next next season the centre forward leaves and we sign a proper central midfielder, and it completely changes us in that way. But um, yeah. you, you, you wouldn't back United to make the right decision, or would you? Cause no, because we just stumble from one bad decision to the next yeah. because they've got the wrong well, the people question, making decisions. Ant's question was about now, and that's why I feel right in four months' time, in, in, the, in, you know, in the June July window, and hopefully that is going to happen, and hopefully we will get two or three positive signings, which which will make a difference come August, and then who knows whether you know Ronaldo's probably going to piss off, Cavani won't be here, Mata, you know, all these. Lots, there's still lots to do, isn't there, in the team, in the squad. So, you know, we're gonna, we're still gonna finish 30 points behind City. That's that's without question. So, yeah. to, the gap hasn't closed, has it? It's probably gonna get bigger. Why? Because it was 12 yeah. last year. So, so next, so next year's a, a good season. Next year, with even with two or three top signings, would probably be to finish maybe 10, 12 points behind City because yeah. they're gonna improve, aren't they? And that's what, what you're up against. And, and you're hoping that whoever the new manager is, they buy into it. Everyone clicks into place. Are they foreign players? Are they Premier? Are they players who are used to the Premier League, like Declan Rice, Harry Kane? You know, they, they'll fit in. You'd think probably quicker than someone who's never played here before. So you're still relying on all these ingredients, sort of, you know, dropping into place, aren't you? Yeah. And just, just lastly on that, I mean, <clears throat> um, just before we go on to the match as well, you know, if all of those players do leave, you know, Pogba's potentially, yep. Lingard potentially, you know, we've got loads out of um, that looking like they might move on. Cavani, Ronaldo, especially in the forward line. Today we didn't have a real bench. good no, bench, did we? Either, kid, yeah, we, we were relying on Alanga to come on. So we're probably looking next summer at United having to buy seven or eight players, and we struggle <laughs> to get three over the line every yeah, summer. That, yeah. So you know, let, you know, there is there is a lot of worries there, and like you say, it is really difficult to take the positives after a game like that. But anyway, we'll go on to Man of the Match because um, I think we we can wrap it up now. Um, Stuart? I think I mentioned it at the beginning of this night uh, and just purely for the first half really. I won't give it anybody for the second half but Jadon Sancho just because he wanted the ball and, and it, uh, he, he tries to do now which he wasn't doing maybe a few months back uh, playing on the right certainly which is where we bought him for. That's the ironic thing. 
we bought him to play on the right, but he seems to be better on the left. And um, obviously, he scored a couple of goals recently. His confidence is up, but he, he likes to take on players, and that's what United's all about. Um, that's what, you know, like you mentioned before, Rashford so Sancho, then. should be getting back to. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, go so, Sancho. Uh, yeah, Sancho. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I know like Andy does like the, um, the like the player ratings for for his, for his other other things he does, and he could probably just copy and paste the same ones he did from the internet because it was the same players putting the same performances. They faded the same times and things like that. So it, it's between Sancho and Pogba for me. I think we're our two bright spots today. But yeah, just for his goal and, and his graft, I'll give it Sancho as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Pogba actually because I thought um really impressive performance today and the thing that impressed me most about him is something that I thought was a bit of a weakness where he's in tight spots in his own half and he can wriggle out of possession and play a pass and I thought he was brilliant at that today. Is he not playing for a move though? There was oh, also, he's... yeah, there was also a bit of um, a bit of needle with him as well which I liked, you know, yeah. um, getting stuck in so nice to see um, in terms of Paul Pogba about time so yeah we'll wrap it up anyway um, thanks lads I know it's a um, difficult podcast see when, you Tuesday when um, <laughs> there's a lot of deja vu, vu as well um, probably be talking after a one all draw against Brighton on okay Brighton midweek <laughs> 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 no thanks to everyone and um, cheers to everyone that bought the mag today thank you so have you ever browsed in incognito mode it's probably not as incognito as you think, and why would it be? The chances are the browser you're using has made its fortune by tracking your movements online. And what do these big tech companies say when they're called out for collecting user data? Incognito does not mean invisible. So how do you actually make yourself as invisible as possible online? Well, use ExpressVPN like we do. It turns out that in even in incognito mode, your online activity still gets tracked and data brokers still get to buy and sell your data. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. Every time you connect to ExpressVPN, you get a random IP address shared by many other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to identify you or harvest your data. Best of all, ExpressVPN is super easy to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button for instant protection. That's what we do. So if you really want to go incognito and protect your privacy, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN. Visit expressvpn.com forward slash united and get three months for free. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united. Go to expressvpn.com forward slash united to learn more.